I'm going to set this up. We're going to go. We're going to yep, do it live. Right. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. And uh, we're going to talk some Geeks Talk Wrestling. Money in the Bank happened last night. Uh, it was a SmackDown Live pay-per-view, strictly. I, I legit just woke up 15 minutes ago. I like to keep things very transparent every time I do this. I just woke up. And that's fine because I've got two people. That's right. I've got two people. They're already making noise in the background. First off, he's a familiar face to the Geekiverse. You know him well. Jeffrey Pobbs. What's up, man? So on, boys. He said, "Boys, that's because joining us now for the first time ever. Uh, I don't. I haven't told him this. I'm gonna spring it on him right from the get go. His name is TLC Troy LaCastro. What's up, man? Wow, that uh, that's probably in the top three nicknames I've ever had. And, and strictly because those are the syllables of your name, TLC Troy LaCastro. See, I think it works perfectly." I mean, pretty much. Yeah, it has a nice ring to it. I'm gonna see how it works uh, with my friends. I don't know. I don't know if it'll catch on, but uh, you're definitely pumping my ego right here, and I'm not mad about it. You have no friends except for the Geekiverse. That's the new rule. Fine by me. Just don't. You know, you you tell them out. Send out a memo. Just let everybody know. <laughs> I'll type that up as soon as we start talking here. We're talking TLC, not TLC. I ruined it already, strictly because of your <laughs> name. Uh, <laughs> We're talking money in the bank. It was in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, we started off with the women's ladder match for the briefcase. That gives you a chance at a women's championship match whenever you want, similar to the men's. Uh, this is the first time it's ever happened, and I'm less than thrilled with how it ended. Uh, what do you guys think? Pop, what do you think, man? No, I'm right. I'm uh, right with you on that one. Great match from the highlights that I saw up until the finish, which kind of felt like a theme throughout the night. Not bad performances, but a just inane result. Same, same here. Troy, what are you thinking, man? I was starting to go off before we started recording. I was told to save it for the podcast. So I'm going to let you have your side, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rip this to shreds. Yes, before you blow a gasket. Uh, <laughs> before you blow a gasket. I got to get it in there. Um, I got to be honest. I liked I liked the match, like you said. Performance pretty good. Uh, all the girls, I thought they did pretty well. Honestly, I think they didn't give it enough time. Um, I thought honestly, when it when it ended, when it did, I was like, "Oh, that's that's it." Um, about how long of, was it? 14, 15 minutes, something like that. Maybe it felt you know honestly when I was watching it and I wasn't really necessarily clocking it. It it felt shorter. I don't know. Yeah. It just. You know, obviously, I understand they're going to give the main event, obviously, that ladder match a little more time. But I would have liked to see them go a little bit longer, to be honest, because I think with Charlotte and Beck, you know, the girls that were in that super talented, I think you've you could have done some more spots, you know, and I, I just feel like I didn't see I'm I'm not necessarily a spot monkey, but I feel like I didn't see a lot of it. Yeah, I. Uh... I was surprised that they had any spots, to be honest. I was maybe setting my expectations a little too low. Um, but when Natalia took Becky Lynch and just straight up power slammed her on the ladder, I was like, okay, they're legit doing this. Uh, yeah. they, they threw a couple women into ladders. They they didn't do anything too crazy. I was expecting maybe Charlotte to do some flips off the ladder. Um, I could have ex expected a few other spots Maybe with Natalia doing a sharpshooter through the ladder. There could have been a lot of different things that happened. Um, but the fact that they did anything was actually pretty cool in my book. My problem, my problem coincides with the fact that James Ellsworth is the man. That's right, the man who climbed up at the top of the ladder, pulled the briefcase down, and just simply tossed it to Carmella. This is a, an historic match for women, the women's revolution. Uh, we are no longer divas. We are women's wrestlers. And they have a man. They're not wrestlers. They're superstars. They're WWE refuses to use the word wrestler still. Oh, yeah. They're you're, not pro wrestlers anymore. You're correct. My apologies to Vince McMahon, WWE. And no, no. Else. Do not apologize to him for that crap. <laughs> my, my no, you're allowed to 
to say that. You say that loud and proud. Thank you. Thank you. I like you already better than Pavlov. <laughs> Which isn't saying much, um, but Yikes. the fact, yeah, the fact that they have a man, a man, to climb the ladder and grab the briefcase and just simply toss it down to Carmella. I was expecting them to restart it. I was expecting Shane McMahon to drop or pop out. I was expecting Daniel Bryan to come back early, maybe, and be like, "Yo, this is not okay," and it just never happened. He grabbed the microphone and he said, Carmella is your money in the bank briefcase winner. And that was that. It's like the symbolic, the symbolicism, symbolic. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Go for it. Thank you. Symbolicism sounds like a foreign country. Yeah, it probably is. And it's where WWE just poops on everything that they did. It makes no sense. The symbolic nature. There you go. Of everything that just happened is asinine. What are you doing? I, I Good old WWE booking. I tweeted it. I tweeted this out as soon as it happened, and I said, all right, you're going to make history with a women's ladder match for a Money in the Bank contract, and you're going to have a man climb the ladder. That, it's so, like, that's so terrible. Like, Just think of all the young girls that they keep trumpeting and being like, yo, you guys look up to these uh, females and what they've been able to accomplish, but a man, a man climbed the ladder. Sorry about it. See, I, I, I'm going to play devil's advocate on that. Please though. do. I'm going to play devil's advocate. No, like, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Just hear me out here. So the way I saw it is, you know, one thing, I, I dig the whole Ellsworth thing. You know, I love when they brought him on and whatever, and he, you know, he got he, he got a good pop. He got a decent pop. He was getting over. Um, the way I see it is with this Carmelo thing, he's been dead in the water for a while. Now am I going to say that this is – revitalizing his career totally absolutely not but you know carmella's got the heelish attitude she's got the chip on her shoulder you know all that stuff so honestly i don't necessarily mind it because it kind of freshens up ellsworth a little bit and in that sense i think i feel like it puts heat on carmella now i told that's why i that's why i'm saying devil's advocate because i totally get your point i'm just saying maybe it throws some heat on her and you know I saw during the show that Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan tweeted. You can't see it, but I'm doing quotation marks. Obviously, they <laughs> tweets. And who knows? You know, come Tuesday, Carmella might have to d- defend it in you know some fashion on Tuesday or at the next pay per view. Yeah, and uh, as far as storylines, I think it's a good way to go. Unfortunately. Right. Yeah, Carmella is a heel, and now she's like an uber heel because she had to have uh, James Ellsworth do this. Uh, I, uh, it's just so aggravating. It's like, come on, you could have done so much better by Becky Lynch and Charlotte and Natalia and uh, Tamina and even Carmella to some extent. It's like you're telling me Carmella is not good enough to climb the ladder and just grab that briefcase on her own. Mm-hmm. Ellsworth, Ellsworth can get involved and not physically go up and get the briefcase. You know what I mean? Like, he got involved right. and tossed, uh, I think it was Natalia, off the ladder. Or maybe it was Becky. I think it was Becky. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But, like, it, there's no DQ. So, Ellsworth can get involved in any number of ways and not grab the briefcase himself. That's what bothers me, is that he physically had to climb up and get it. But that being said, to play devil's advocate to my own point, uh, it is a historic match. And I've never seen that done in the history of Money in the Bank. Someone else grabbing the ladder, not involved, and then just tossing it to someone else. It was new. It was innovative. I got to give him that. Yeah, well, Brooklyn Brawler never won a title. If he had, that would have been historic too, but they never did that kind of crap either. (laughs) Just because something new and different doesn't mean it's good. This was a giant slap in the face to all those women who risked their bodies for 15 minutes straight doing these crazy spots out there that these bookers and writers seem to think that ni- none of them deserve to climb up the ladder and win themselves. Giant slap in the face to them. Well, I got to tell you, I was surprised with Carmelo winning too. Like, you know, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but I think both money in the bank ladder matches, I guess would be your, uh, almost your dark horses. Like I know they would agree with that. Of, you know, I know they've been kind of pushing Carmelo, but this, like you just said, the, you know, like you both said the first, it's the first it's historic. It's part of this revolution. I honestly thought it was going to be Charlotte or Becky. Charlotte for like for sure, like ninety nine percent sure. Why I, I I think they went with Carmella strictly because it's it's a Money in the Bank briefcase and it's supposed to be an opportunistic thing 
where you can cash it in whenever you want. Uh, Charlotte doesn't need the briefcase to get a title shot. She's Charlotte Flair. She can kind of call her own shots, which she's done. <laughs> she's done that yeah. a time or two. Uh, Becky, Becky could have used this maybe just to be like revitalized because she's kind of been uh, lackluster since winning it in the first place. Um, yeah, it's gotten flat. Yeah, and Natalia, I wouldn't have been surprised because maybe that's kind of like her reincarnation. Uh, Tamina, I didn't think had a chance. But no. uh, just for the record, I did look up the times here. 13 minutes and 20 seconds. So, yeah, it did feel kind of short to me as well. So, there. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Like you said, TLC, I, I like the idea that, you know, Carmella's the heel and this kind of drives that character even farther. We even saw her down the road in the pay-per-view, so we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but up next, we had the New Day and the Usos, SmackDown Live Tag Team Champions. Uh, this match was so good. I was I was wildly entertained that, by this, and I know, Pav, you hate the New Day. but these And guys, the Usos. And, and the Usos. Hey, Don't forget that. Usos. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're just a despicable person. I get it. Uh, but I thought this match was great uh, uh, until the end. Until the end, I was all about this match. What did you guys think? I know nothing about this match. I just know the finish, and I'm curious as to why that happened in the first place, if either of you could enlighten me. I, I mean, what was it? it was, it? was it just kind of the Usos, you know, going back to the heel, doing the heel thing, where they were just kind of getting worked in the ring, and uh, they kind of just scattered away and just did the countdown and said, you know, forget you guys, we're, we're taking our titles and leaving. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what happened. They, uh, they decided they were done. <laughs> they, they were going back and forth pretty well. Uh, the New Day hit their finisher. I can't remember what it's called, but uh, Biggie had one of them in the big ending, and then Kofi came off the top rope for the DDT combo. Uh, I, I really can't remember what that's called, but they hit the finisher. They were about to get the pin. Uh, he pulled them out and then they just walked away. And that was the count out finish. So on a pay-per-view on a pay-per-view. And I don't think I would be that upset about it. If the match before it hadn't been so weird as well. Yeah. Two in a row like that, that kind of sours things quickly. Yeah. So that yeah, I feel one, like yeah, was you not. start to lose interest at a point like that when, you know, like you said, back to back. And I'm not a huge Usos guy, so whether they won or lost, it wasn't really, you know, taxing on me. I, I, I've become an Usos guy. Like, I like the new, the heel stuff. I was not into the whole Samoan peppy Uso. Like, you know, I wasn't into it. And now they're doing their old their whole heel thing. Their promos have been great, in my opinion. I've loved what the Usos have done so far, so I'm okay with them keeping the titles. I just don't know if I like the screwy finish at the end again. You know what I mean? I can I can agree with you on that, though. But see, I feel like, to me, the Usos were another one where it, it may not have been the right time, but I feel like they waited a while for them to go heel. I would have loved to see them start a faction with Roman and the two of them just all going heel. But obviously, you know, when they split when they split them up on the shows, there goes that. I mean, it, it, it is nice to see the Usos doing something different. You know, it, like you said, it's not the same old preppy Samoan stuff that it was like, all right, the, the, you know, that's enough of that. So it is nice to see them in a newer role, but they're still just kind of stale to me. That's fair. That's fair. I, I've heard both things. Mostly what you guys are saying is that you're just sick of the Usos. Uh, my one friend that I go watch Monday Night Raw with every night, he also <laughs> is not a big fan of the Usos, regardless of what they're doing. So, to each their own, I guess. Uh, after this, we have Naomi and Lana for the Women's Championship of SmackDown Live. This is Lana's in-ring debut. Uh, eh. <laughs> I wasn't... I was surprised that Lana literally beat the crap out of Naomi for about six minutes. And then... <laughs> Uh, what's her face came down? Carmella. Carmella came down to the ring, teased that she was going to cash in the contract, didn't, and then Naomi just won. I I didn't understand why Lana was suddenly like beating the crap out of your women's champion in her first ever match. I I I don't know. I still can't believe they're doing the fake Russian gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> like she's she's from she's from Florida. 
She's from damn Florida. Everybody knows it by now. She doesn't use the accent on Total Divas. She's been gone a while. Rusev may not be around still for a little bit. Why Why are they still doing that? It's a good question. Her name's CJ, <laughs> like in real life. Yeah, I know. She was in, I, you uh, know what? I say the Hardy should just break her, and then she goes back to talking English. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, The Hardy's got to go broken first, which I cannot wait for, but... Yes, that's a good point. Uh, she is totally... Here's my problem with her gimmick right now. She's totally like the new Eva Marie. Mm-hmm. When she comes out, she blows a kiss, she does some weird dancing crap, and then uh, she gets heat. Well, she's supposed to get heat, but I think people are cheering her strictly because she's Yeah, people cheer her for some reason. Because she's attractive. Never understand that. Oh, it's 100% it. It's I mean... She's attractive, let's be honest. Yeah. So is Eva Marie. Yeah, but she's like dumb. People trash her. Yeah, but, you know, I got to be honest with you. Like, if I'm talking about this, one, I don't agree that Lana's first match should have been a title match. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Y- you got to build – I think you got to build her just like everybody else. I get it. She's been on TV and she's been around. But if she's going in a wrestling role, put her up against some enhancement people. Don't throw her right into a, a title match with Naomi. Oh, but Ginger Mahal broke that barrier. Well, that's true. I mean, it's 2017, so apparently <laughs> – WWE's all of a sudden the land of opportunity. Well, that's what they say on SmackDown Live. Yes. Yeah, well, they've been right. They've been pushing it for so long. It's good to see that they're finally actually uh, doing something about it. <laughs> so, I, I yeah, I I didn't mind the match itself, uh, except like you said, the fact that Lana is debuting in a in a championship match. And if you look at it, how did she get this championship match? She pulled Naomi's leg down during a previous match, and like screwed her over and now Naomi's mad enough to like, all right, you get a title shot. It's like there's five women who are in a money in the bank ladder match who have proven week in and week out that they are good wrestlers. And now you're just going to give some girl a title match because she pulled your leg. What? (laughs) What? Right. And I mean, if you're doing some like fantasy book in there, I mean, to your point right there, why do you just not have the women's title defended? It's not like it's happened before. And put Lana as the sixth in the money in the bank. I, I think because they wanted to tease Carmella and make her even more heelish. I don't know. It, that was a good, that was probably the highlight of the match. That was probably the best part of the match there. Yeah. And sadly, or not sadly, I don't know how you want to look at it, but right. Carmella distracted <laughs> the fact that Lana was taking it to Naomi for a solid mm-hmm. six minutes. <laughs> It's, uh, I was actually impressed with Alana too. From the highlights I did see, I didn't necessarily watch the whole thing, but she didn't look terrible. I mean, some of the moves she was doing, it looked it looked clean. You know, it didn't look like it was super sloppy. And I, that probably is some Naomi on her part too. Yeah, it was it was a pretty clean match. It was very slow. Uh, it wasn't you know Sasha Bailey, Charlotte Becky. It wasn't one of their faster pace matches but uh she didn't mess up <laughs> there was no like glaring holes so mm-hmm. you know props to her for lasting seven minutes and not looking terrible i'll give it to her uh i don't remember when they debuted maria and mike Canellis. i don't know if you guys saw this stuff uh, uh, yes uh we can get into that now i think it was after this match but we can talk about it now maria and mike Canellis. uh maria Canellis used to be in wwe as a diva Back in the day, before they were women wrestlers, or sorry, women superstars, uh, she was, I, I, she was the diva winner, I think, the diva search winner, or she was part of the diva. One search. of them. Yeah. One no, of the, she was one of them. But uh, she left a couple years ago, I think seven years ago. Went into ROH, went into TNA, went into New Japan, and through all that, she met her husband Mike Bennett, who now is going to be known as Mike Canellis. And they have this weird gimmick where they're super in love, and I feel like they're preaching to me. I don't know what they're doing with this gimmick. I don't get it. Yeah, uh, I saw that, and I'm a big Mike Bennett mark. Uh, I, I really enjoyed his work in Ring of Honor, whether it was, you know, and actually even uh, TNA when he had that stint there. I mean, Ring of Honor, I thought he was great with the kingdom with, you know, Taven and uh, Adam Cole. And, you know, TNA, he was doing some great work, I thought. You know, he had a feud with Moose. Uh, You know, they had the whole wedding thing as well in TNA that he was kind of a part of. And I think he's a great talent. And I think he kind of, I feel like he's good on the mic. He's good in the ring. 
Uh, I think he's, he kind of reminds me of a Miz uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, he's got the arm piece. He's, he can talk. Uh, I, I'd like this, but this gimmick is weird. I'm already, I'm already caution, cautionary about this because I, I see that they made, or made him take her last name. That's, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I don't get the name thing. Uh, mm. Is it strictly because people know who Maria is? I mean, you think of all these little kids who are like 14. They probably don't know who Maria is because right. they were seven <laughs> when she debuted or was still in WWE. I, uh, I don't know. I, I guess like the, the analogy you gave to Miz was great, I think. And it's unfortunate that the Miz and Maurice are now on Raw so we won't see those guys feud because I think those guys could have some great feuds that actually matter on like the Miz, John Cena, Nikki Bella crap that we saw for WrestleMania. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't get the gimmick. I, I guess we'll have to wait and see on that one for sure. But it and was, it was kind of, to me, it was kind of hard to tell. They did have a heelish vibe, but it was kind of hard to tell which way they were going as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's I was thinking to the, the crowd as well because the crowd was very animated for everything that happened last night. So I think they were just happy to see Maria Canellis. Yeah, they got a good they did get a decent pop. I thought the pop was actually pretty good for them, which I was like it was probably like you said, more for Maria. But uh, you know, I'm hoping some of the hardcore fans out there was like, Oh, okay, Mike Bennett, all right. And I, I don't know about you, Pav, but I haven't seen much of Mike Bennett. Uh, I know a little bit through ROH and TNA, but not too much. Yeah, same. I know more of Maria since her um, her original departure from WWE. She really transformed her persona. Um, you know, when, when she was with WWE the first go around, she had this just naive, mm. like gimmick kind of going, um, and then she she t- took on this uh, great heel persona. I feel while she was with ring of honor and TNA. Um, so if she's going to be a baby face now, I don't know if I think that is quite utilizing her talents best. And like you guys said, it's very hard to tell whether they're looking at um, these two being baby face or heel coming up. The first lady of wrestling. She was on celebrity uh, apprentice with our president, Donald Trump. She can do no wrong. That's true. I don't remember what season that was, but yeah, she was on there. So naturally, she's a you know she's a shoe in to be the first lady of whatever she wants, even though that's probably been claimed uh, five times. So she's like the fifth or the first lady to the fifth power. <laughs> uh, yeah, something like that. All right, Jinder uh, Mahal, your WWE champion with the Singh brothers, took on Randy Orton. Um. Uh, I I I want to say I hated this match because of the outcome, but I this was entertaining. It was good. I don't know. What'd you guys think? Paul, I'll let you go. You first, my what'd you, call, what'd you call me? Paul. Pav. Pav. Oh, like not like Paul, like uh, we're the uh, Beverly Hillbillies. No, it's it's Pav. Yeah, Pav. <laughs> Uh, okay, I, I didn't realize there was a fourth person with us. But anyways. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Polish pierogi. Yeah, no, don't call me that. I want to slap Josiah every time he says that. I love it. And it's getting to the point where it's just, it's the hand's just going to come out and slap. Just like your weak chair shots. Come at me, brother. No, I'm going to actually go full full uh, full force on this one. Oh, cute. That's nice. I, uh, I think I'm going to ask him the old... Uh, Charlie Murphy, what do the five fingers say to the face? Because he's not going to know the answer to it. <laughs> I have no clue what's coming. He's not going to know what it's from, and it's just going to be a one big old palm across the face. <laughs> just slap him with a glove. Get one of those gloves and slap him. I feel like that's way more demeaning. Charlie yeah, Murphy. but that might also do that might do some real damage. <laughs> <laughs> that that is our boss we're talking about for the that's geek of point. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, is he our boss? I think we can overtake him. I mean, he's technically half the boss, right? But then the other half is Pete, yeah, which well, isn't exactly a not much of a step up. I was gonna make some political jokes, but let's stay out of that. All right, Jinder Mahal, Randy Orton, what are you thinking? I don't care because I don't like that Jinder Mahal is champ. End of story. Oh wow! All right, great, great 
contribution there, Pav, to the podcast. Well, let, Thanks for joining you, us. The, I, uh, I let loose last week, so we'll let Troy take over this week. All right, TLC. What did you think of the match? I mean, the thing with me is is I – I, I I agree with Pav on this one. I didn't really I didn't watch it because I just don't care. Uh, I mean, to me, it's like welcome to 1989. We're gonna have Hulk Hogan versus Iron Sheik. Um, let's just have the America hating. You know, like this is this is just an age old storyline where it's like. I thought I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was a good idea at first to put it on Jinder Mahal just because it was something different. I'm tired of seeing Randy Orton. I'm tired of seeing John Cena. Throw it on someone different. I don't care. Uh, now I don't know who. I don't know who you build to take it off of him. Um, and when does it happen? Does it happen at, at SummerSlam? But this match is kind of like, okay, great, Mahal won. On to the next match. That's kind of how I felt about it. But I think Mahal is. For what it's worth, he's you know the like I said, it's like an Iron Sheik feel, and I, I like that he's got the Singh brothers because I think it adds a little something. You know, th- them interfering in the matches and obviously helping him, so it helps him as a heel. But I don't know if anybody's kind of hopping on the Jinder Mahal train. Right. Uh, just so you know, I'm gonna spoil it right here for you. John Cena is coming back July 4th as a quote unquote free agent. Um, what? Yeah, he's now a free agent. Did you not July, July 4th, they couldn't have picked him. Oh, no, that was – I was laying it on thick there, the sarcasm. Yeah. Uh, July 4th, John Cena comes back as a free agent. I think one of two things happens. Uh, to answer your question, who comes back and challenges Jinder Mahal? J- John Cena. Mm-hmm. He's going to challenge him. That might be the announcement at SummerSlam uh, because we've got Battleground coming up next after Great Balls of Fire, and then we have SummerSlam. So – that's my prediction. Or John Cena comes back and accepts a challenge from Roman Reigns. That's been a rumor, too. Uh, who knows? Uh, the, my point about this match is I really like what they did as far as trying to build some actual heat with Jinder Mahal. They had the legends at ringside. They had uh, Ric Flair, Cowboy Bob Orton, uh, Vern Gagne, uh, two other guys who I'm struggling to remember, Sergeant Slaughter. I called... Sergeant Slaughter turning full blown heel like he did back in the day and like screwing, oh, man. <laughs> screwing over Randy Orton. I thought it would have been so good. And that would have been funny. It, it when the Sheik was Colonel Mustafa? Exactly. See, you get me. It would have been so oh. good. It didn't happen. Uh, nope. Did not happen. I'm okay with it. Uh, but th- they had the Singh brothers mess with uh, Cowboy Bob Orton. And that and ultimately distracted Randy Orton, and then Jinder Mahal wins. The problem I have with the match is the ending was the exact same as the previous pay-per-view. The Singh brothers distract Orton. He legit gets back in the ring. Mahal hits his finisher, and that's it. It's like you couldn't have come up with any other way to finish the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Singh brothers did the same exact spots uh, where they got thrown onto the tables. At least this time, Randy Orton didn't like almost legit break their neck. That was I was fun. just about to ask. <laughs> um, but, I mean, the match was good overall. There's nothing glaring about it. Uh, you know, Orton went for the RKO two or three times. Uh, he hit it once, and then the Singh brothers got involved. Orton got him to toss him out of the ring or toss him out of ringside or whatever, and they didn't go, but that was the whole story. I don't know. It was it was an okay match. I wasn't upset with it. Uh, I Jinder Mahal is going to have this title. Through like August, hate to break it to you guys, he's got to have it when they go to India, right? Oh, I've accepted it. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's kind of a thing now. That's it. It's there. We can't do anything about it. Yeah, like you said, at least it's someone new. I, I was getting sick of Randy Orton winning. I was upset when he won the Royal Rumble and was going to. Well, I wasn't that upset because he beat Roman Reigns. Uh, but I was. <laughs> it's like how many times are we going to see this guy win the title and not, not you know, change anything. He's been the same dude since he debuted. You know what I mean? At least yep. John Cena looks or does different stuff. Like every time he puts on a match with AJ Styles, there's something new in, uh, invigorated in there. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to feel. Who's next. Who's next for Jinder Mahal. Who do you guys got? Uh, good question. Right. I don't know. I, 
honestly, I would probably go with, oh, well, yeah. Uh, I mean, do you think he's going to get Cena at, what did you say? We got Battleground and then SummerSlam? Battleground, then SummerSlam. Battleground's mid-July, and then SummerSlam's in August. Is Battleground SmackDown exclusive, or is that another collab? Nope, that's strictly SmackDown. Yeah, okay. SummerSlam will probably be the next collab, I would imagine, because it's one of the big four. Well, maybe they have... Maybe they have Cena and Jinder at Battleground again. Some shenanigans go down where Jinder wins based on interference or some crap like that again from the Singh brothers. They do some kind of match at SummerSlam, and then that's where Cena goes over and claims the 17th title of his career and breaks Flair's record. I could see that. I could see them definitely going to a no contest or some... Uh, some false finish at battleground and then setting up maybe some stipulation type match at SummerSlam. When's the India uh, tour? Uh, I think late or mid September, maybe. Oh, okay. Okay. See, I thought it was a little bit earlier. Uh, maybe not then right. because oh. that SummerSlam would fall before that. Right. I'm pretty uh, sure it's after SummerSlam, which is like, man, you're going to have Jinder keep that title after SummerSlam. That's just agonizing. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it kind of hurt me uh, pretty deep when you just said that. Yeah, WWE news. WWE coming to India in September 2017. So, Yikes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe uh, he doesn't keep the title. Maybe that's his whole India tour is him going for the title. I don't. I don't know. It doesn't make and sense. And then winning it there, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, who knows? But. Yeah, I, I think Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton kind of have to be done. I don't want to see this for a third time. Oh, no. God. Absolutely not. No, thank you. No, thank you. Well, uh, I, will, I will politely decline. <laughs> no, thank you, sir. I will not have a second helping. Brizongo <laughs> uh, and the Ascension. This lasted less than four minutes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what else to say. That I, I do like Brizongo. I like how they've kind of reincarnated themselves. They have a whole shtick where they do the fashion files. They did, uh, I think it was Fashion Vice. They were mocking Miami Vice. And they're trying to figure out who attacked Tyler Breeze, who trashed their, uh, who trashed their office. It was the Ascension. Eh. Oh. Wait, was that really it? Because I remember that segment from last smackdown where he he was found attacked was, and the description was just a stick figure it was the when it was drawn, which yeah. was pretty funny but i didn't I, I didn't realize that last night they revealed it was the ascension so during the miami vice promo that they did also one of the other legends was uh curtis axel's grandfather um and i only remember that because one of my friends texted me he goes oh that's who's going to be the person who attacked <laughs> Uh, Brizongo is going to be Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas, Curtis Axel's grandfathers at ringside. It all makes sense. I was like, oh, great, great logic there. You're wrong. Even more, yeah. What's worse, the Ascension or those two? Yeah, I don't know. I would have been okay with Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas. You know. uh, Probably more Ascension. Right. Uh, so during the Miami Vice promo, uh, these dark figures come up on the screen and they're like, yo, we attacked you. We're going to beat you in the ring tonight. So Breeze is like, all right, we got a match tonight. Great. And that's who came out was the Ascension. Uh, to me, this fantastic segment until the thing on the TV with the Ascension. I love them. Uh, let's not forget that this was actually a sequel to Fuji Vice with Mr. Fuji and Don Morocco. Well played, sir. Well played. So was, uh, this was, yes, Fashion Vice was the, uh, the sequel. But I honestly, the work that the two of them have been doing together, I think they're fantastic. I I get a kick out of them. Like, what was the last pay per view that SmackDown had that they got the title opportunity against the Usos? Backlash. Backlash. I that match was super entertaining to me again. Just you know, Breeze who kept, you know he started off as the janitor and he was using you know the mop gimmick. I, these guys are hilarious and. The thing, yeah, the problem is, is they're good comedy. They're a good relief, I guess, from the seriousness. But unfortunately, I don't think, you know, these guys are ever going to roll into the title picture, even though I should say they're never going to win the titles. I'd like to see them give them a run, though. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to say never because we just had uh, Rhino and Heath Slater and their whole gimmick <laughs> was Heath Slater has kids. 
and they won the titles. They were the first ever SmackDown Live champions. It's like, okay, well, anything's possible. Jinder Mahal's champion. That's uh, true. But if they're going to do it now, would be the time. Right. The problem is they've got so many good tag teams now on SmackDown. They got uh, the New Day. They've got the Usos. They've got American Alpha, who I haven't seen in forever. Um, the Hype Bros just came back. The Hype Bros technically have a tag team title shot because they won that Battle Royal before Zack Ryder got hurt. Uh, they've got the Clones. They've got Fandango, Breezango. Uh, they've got the Ascension. There's so many tag teams, so I can see Breezango kind of getting lost in the shuffle and strictly being the comedy guys, like you said. Isn't think- someone from American Alpha injured right now? Oh, is that what's happening? I'm pretty sure one of them had surgery recently. Well, let's throw it in the old Google machine here. American Alpha, Google. Uh, Jason Jordan might be injured. I can't remember which one it was, but I'm pretty sure one of them legit is legit injured right now. American Alpha injury, Google, uh, Gable. Gable suffered suffered a knee injury a little bit ago. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, but no, I think that I think that's why we haven't seen them in a few weeks. That would make more sense than they're just not using them. So right. Um, yeah, Brizongo Ascension, time filler. That's all this was. <laughs> it was a bathroom break. Yeah, let's be honest. Uh, it was four minutes of nothing. Brizongo won pretty easily. Um, and then your main event tonight, the Money in the Bank ladder match. Baron Corbin, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, Dolph Ziggler, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. Uh, I loved this match. Even though the outcome maybe wasn't my favorite, I kind of expected it, but... Uh, the match was awesome, and my favorite part of the whole night, I'm just going to get right to it, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, simply taking the ladder, putting it to the side, and just going blow to blow. It was amazing. Yeah, that was a cool highlight. I got tingles. My my hair is stood up on my body. <laughs> All the hairs were All the hair. 45 degrees uh, adjacent to your body. Um, uh Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I thought that spot was amazing. And if that is not a SummerSlam match, I'm going to cry. See, I heard they want to save that for Mania, though. No. I can't wait that long. I can't wait you that might, long. You might have to. I can't. I can wait that long for Brock Lesnar, <laughs> Roman Reigns. I cannot wait that long for Shinsuke and AJ. <laughs> how, do they, how do they build that up, though? Do they make AJ go heel again? Uh, or, you know what? Somebody brought that up to me, and it's funny you said that. I, I, somebody made a good point to me that I think you could just kind of do a respect match where it is just face first face, and then they hug it out and celebrate together at the end. Yeah, but that's so unlike WWE, though. I mean, that's that is a great idea, but WWE is never smart enough to do. WWE is always too stubborn to do that because they think they have to make this dramatic narrative that they think is. Uh, you know, creative and compelling, but really isn't. Is is AJ Styles a face? I mean, yes, he gets cheered all the time, but like his persona is still kind of the I'm AJ Styles. I'm the face that runs the place. I'm. He's definitely baby face right now. I, yeah. I mean, if you if you look at how that match was kind of stacked, I feel like you got Ziggler's heel right now, Owens is heel, and then Corbin's heel. So then on the other side of it, I feel like, yeah, Nakamura, Styles, and you know Zayn were the faces to kind of combat the other three. Which is kind of what we saw. We saw Corbin and Ziggler teaming up for a little bit, throwing ladders on Zayn and Owens and all those guys. And then Corbin just went straight uphill and beat up Ziggler. So, yeah, there, it was definitely a three versus three type of mantra. Well, three versus two until Nakamura came back. Let me, let me ask you this. When Corbin... Beats up Nakamura. I, I kind of saw that coming because I did not think Nakamura would be, or I did not think Corbin would be the last entrant. It makes mm-hmm. no sense as far as like trying to get the crowd into it. Uh, but like Nakamura didn't, it wasn't in the match for like 20 minutes. I, I didn't like it. It felt too much like Roman Reigns uh, Nobody in the Royal Rumble. It's terrible. The guy is probably the most over talent on either show right now and they denied fans his participation in the main event of the match for about 90 percent of it It, it's just dumb booking again 
but they did make him come back and make him look super strong. I mean, when he got in that ring, he beat the crap out of everybody. And I think that's where my thing is, is, you know, obviously, I, I feel like it just tried to help characters. So obviously, you know, Corbin beats him up, whatever, you know, that gets more heat on him. He's a heel, whatever. And then obviously, I think for the crowd, just that building that emotion to like, oh, you know what, darn, we're not going to see Nakamura. And then, oh, here he comes and just everybody, you know, goes wild. I think it's, I don't think it was the right thing to do, but I feel like, you know, that's, they were just trying to pull at those emotions, I think. Yeah. And it was cool the way he came back because Corbin was starting to climb the ladder and then good old Nakamura music hits and everyone just freaks out. So uh, it was, it was well, the way they did it, I just don't know if I liked the idea in the first place, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, but for me, this was the match of the night, even though Baron Corbin, he's your Money in the Bank contract winner, and I called this weeks ago, and then I backtracked from it. I was like, no, nah, they're not going to do it. But Corbin was simply losing too much, and they do not like to have him lose, so he had to have a big win, and this is it. He's your Money in the Bank contract winner. Uh, when does he cash in? Let's throw out some predictions here. When does Baron Corbin cast that puppy in? Uh, it's not right away because they have a tre- they have a trend now where they wait quite a while for it. Um, False. SummerSlam. What's that? Last year, Dean Ambrose cashed it in on the same night. Guy, come on. Yeah, but typically they make their they kind of make their guys milk it a bit. I feel like. Ambrose was the anomaly to that. Yeah, I give that to you. All right. To me, to me too. I definitely think at that where where Ambrose was at at that point, guy was kind of already established. He kind of had a lot of experience behind him, so that made a little more sense. Whereas Corbin's still newer, so I definitely think this is going to be a long haul one. But I hope he doesn't turn into Damian Sandow, where he's just going to have it and then they finally lose faith in him and he cashes it in just to lose it. Speaking of Sandow, I read a very interesting article about his old money in the bank contract situation. Uh, Rumor has it from one of the former writers of WWE that Sandow had the contract. They're like, all right, this is our guy. This is our guy. We're going to have him cash it in at some point. And then they had him keep losing. Because Vince McMahon's like, he's got the contract, so it doesn't matter if he wins, because he's always got that in his back pocket. And then when it was time to like do something with him, they're like, you know what, he's not our champion, he keeps losing. It's like, yeah, you idiot, you made him lose all this time, because he had the contract, and now that it's time for him to cash it in, you're like, nah, it doesn't make sense, because he's a loser. What are you doing? Damien Sandow was money. They are so backwards. Yeah, yeah, there's this perception among some of the writers... And you even see some of the veterans like Road Dog and Bully Ray have taken it on now where they don't believe in the meaning of wins and losses in the matches. They believe that a guy can still get over even if he loses the match. And I think a lot of that is just the pure happenstance of Daniel Bryan winning. And, and you're actually seeing that with Bailey right now. Like they are just humiliating Bailey in the in the hopes that the crowd is just going to eventually fall in love with her because it's, you know, the lovable loser basically. Oh, and started on the they, thing. they, they <laughs> just they don't understand that wins and losses absolutely do matter and how over a, a baby face becomes. Yeah. I, I think wins and losses matter to some extent. Um, Daniel Bryan is simply an anomaly. He's the outlier. He is the one exception to the rule well, maybe not the one, but he's the most glaring recent one. Like that dude could lose, could lose fifty matches in a row, and people are gonna cheer him because of what happened at WrestleMania with Sheamus. Like they they screwed him over, and they're like, "All right, this is our guy now. We're gonna show you that no matter what you do, WWE, we're gonna cheer this dude." And I don't know if there's too many other guys on the roster that are gonna do that right now. I mean, John Cena, he could lose twenty matches in a row, and he's established. Um, right, because he's won matches in the past. Right. AJ Styles, I think he could start losing and people would be okay, or his character would be okay. Uh, Roman Reigns might get cheered if he starts losing. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. People would people would go nuts for that. Uh, when he beat Braun Strowman at Fastlane, I was like, all right, I'm done. Like, I was okay, and like, all you had to do was take one loss, Roman. Just prove that Braun Strowman is a big dude. 
Oops, hello. That's my alarm to wake up for Monday Night Raw. There you go. Uh, oh, glad you woke up before. I, I, thank you for gracing us with your presence, waking you know up what? early. You're welcome, man. This was strictly for you and for Pav and Paul, whoever the hell Paul is, <laughs> and the Geekiverse. You know, it's, it's strictly for you guys. That's the love I have for you guys. Uh, but, yeah, Baron Corbin, Money in the Bank contract winner. I, I'm calling uh, Survivor Series. I don't know why. That sounds fair. I don't know. Seems long enough. Another thing I'm going to throw out there. Uh, do you think Baron Corbin has to cash it in on SmackDown? Like, are there rules? Um, I don't know what the stipulation is for that. Yeah. That's a good question. And if, if he gets moved in, uh, I mean, are they doing another draft later this summer? I doubt it. I think they'll wait till next year. But my friend brought it up. Like, uh, what happens if he just cashes in on Raw at like a dual pay-per-view, like SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble? He just cashes it in on the Universal Champion. I mean, what Universal Champion? I haven't seen it in months. Oh, you saw it last week. Calm down. Oh, that's oh, ah, I get it. I get it. Recall it because Brock Lesnar is a part-timer. That's that's the joke. Because <laughs> like he doesn't show up except for like twice a year. He's like Santa Claus. Except Santa, <laughs> Santa Claus is once a year. Uh, whatever. Now I'm with you. I I'm so sick of Brock Lesnar being the champion. He doesn't need the belt. The belt doesn't need him. Like you got to have someone legitimate hold the belt and just like make that thing mean something. But we'll see. Well, I mean, maybe he shows up again tonight. I don't know. So, I know, man. Two weeks in a row. You're asking a lot of him. <laughs> yeah, he's got to leave his farm in Minnesota. Yeah, are you kidding me? That's not... Uh, I think it's Canada now. Oh, yeah, he's up in like uh, he's up in the deep woods of like Winnipeg or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's pretty far out west from what I understand. Oh, well, there you go. Maybe that's why. He can't find a plane that'll go that way. He's out riding mooses. He's out riding mooses. Uh, so overall, give us, a, give us a letter grade for Money in the Bank as we start to wrap this thing up. Uh, yeah, letter grade overall, A, B, C, D, plus, minus. You call. So whatever you want. Go ahead, Puff. Is this really fair considering I didn't actually watch it? I know, but you know the results. You kind of know. You saw some highlights. Based on results then, I'm going to say like a D plus. (laughs) D plus. Based on the results, I'm not at all impressed. Well, a tough crowd. Right. What are you thinking, TLC? I mean, me, uh, I'm – I'm probably somewhere in the B minus to B range. Wow. I actually, I gave it a higher, cause you know what, honestly, like that last match really impressed me. I thought it was way better than that fatal five way extreme rules thing. And I don't know. I just probably, I'm more towards B minus though. Uh, I'm probably going to go right in the middle. <laughs> I'm going to say C plus C minus C C. About a C. I'll just say C. Really go right in the middle. Yeah, I there there was just too many messed up finishes. I mean, the the Ellsworth thing, whatever. New Day and Usos, you know, timeout. Not a timeout. What is it called? Uh count out. There you oh. go. <laughs> the count out victory there. Wasn't a fan of that. Naomi and Lana was it is what it was. Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton was pretty okay. Uh, Brizongo was a time filler, and then the last match was good until Baron Corbin won. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, there was too many ups and downs. There should have been a lot more ups, in my opinion. But there you have it. Now we go to Great Balls of Fire. That's coming up in uh, two weeks, maybe. Is that really how quick it's coming up? I can't even keep up with the pay per views anymore. No. Like, I feel like every Sunday afternoon I see it, you know, just scrolling through Facebook or Wikipedia or something. That pay-per-view is tonight. It's like, whoa, forgot about that. Well, they're going to milk you for every dollar you got. Oh, they don't get any of my money. I don't subscribe to the WWE Network. <laughs> that explains why he didn't watch it. Oh, now it all made, it's coming full circle now at the end here. New Japan gets my money. There you You just got a uh, like standing uh, ovation. I'm assuming he's standing. I can't see him. Uh, I'll assume as well, just for just to you know stroke my ego a bit. We'll go with that. <laughs> oh no, something happened to the recording. Okay, I think we're gonna be okay. I started recording again. I told you, I'm. Is this very... like the is this like the Dan thing all over again? Yeah, 
<laughs> oh no, that was terrible. I don't know about that. That doesn't sound good. Uh, when we were recording with Dan, it like stopped and <laughs> started again. It was very strange. But it just it recorded again, so I think we're okay. Maybe not. I might have to piece this together. All right, let's wrap it up because I don't know what's going to happen <laughs> with this. I know it recorded at least 47 minutes, so we should be okay. Um, so, uh, Pav, where can we find yeah. you on the internet? Let's throw out some plugs. I am on Twitter at Jeffrey Pavs and on Instagram, just Jeff Pavlock. All right, Mr. TLC, the newcomer. Let's give you a small little plug ski here. Oh, I love the plug skis. Good brothers there. Uh, yes. You can find me at uh, LaCastro, L-I-C-A-S-T-R-O, underscore Troy. And then uh, on Instagram at Troy, underscore LaCastro, just the other way around. Boom. And be sure to go to thegeekverse.com. Subscribe to our YouTube, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud. What else do we have? I can't remember. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We've got a lot of crap. <laughs> I mean, crap in a good way. Like, it's good that we have all this, but we've got a lot of crap. Yeah, it's, it's, it's shiny crap, you know, like polished turds. <laughs> polished turds, a.k.a. the Geek of Hurts. Uh, <laughs> I feel weird. Uh, you can follow me at Austin J. Bruner on Twitter, and that's the only one I do because Facebook and Instagram are stupid. Uh, but, yeah, uh, let's do this again maybe after Great Balls of Fire. What do you say? Sounds like a plan to me. All right. So we'll be back after Great Balls of Fire. We'll uh, hopefully get this recording thing down. I think I'm okay. I don't know. It recorded again, so there might be like two seconds of blank space. Like Taylor Swift, I'll write your name. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> so Done. All right, we're going to end this before I make more Taylor Swift jokes. Thanks for joining us, guys.